up to this day, I still have difficulty asking people for their membership fees because yeah. it's it's just it's so your passion. Of, it's in my passion. I you know. I can't really put a value on it, you know, but yeah. at the same time, it's, it's not like, a good business practice. It's not no, a good practice. No, he's a friend. It's, really, it's a really bad you know, business yeah. practice, actually. Yeah. And, but you right. know what? On the flip side of it, this pandemic, I've had so many phone calls from parents saying, we're not coming, but keep charging us. No, I'm not charging you. I, this is still a business. We're not a charity. So yeah. I appreciate your offer. It but really means a lot to me. That's a family connection. It is a family connection. Yeah. Thanks for coming back today so that we can talk about and share the, you know, the, the current sort of phase of going from athlete to chasing and following your, your, your passion and doing it with love and building a, a, not just a club, but a successful business at the same time in, in doing that and not just doing that, um, you know, in any other circumstance, but also through times like this uh, and, and, you know, sustaining it and staying the course with it. Uh, not only are you successful, clearly, but you are also helping so many people to be successful. So thanks for coming and sharing that. Thank you so much. We had a conversation about, um, you know, the that now the martial <coughs> art is the birth of that, you know, and uh, the excitement along that roller coaster. And after having done all of that, um, then you now get invited. I really like. How did you, how did you meet Master Gibbs? So I, I knew actually Master Gibbs and I. Um, we tested for our first degree black belt together. Okay. Um, so we knew of each other, but Which we didn't really this? know. This was, I think, nineteen ninety-five. Okay, ninety-five. Ninety-five, ninety. I think yeah, nineteen ninety-five. So you were training somewhere in the city. In the city. Okay. Um, we were training uh, in. Um, uh, St. Clair and Bathurst area. Right. Mm-hmm. But then uh, Master Chung had another location in Oakville, which was a lot bigger. Okay. And so uh, Dr. Gibbs, uh, Master Gibbs used to train at Variety Village, uh, which is another one of uh, um, the franchise locations. And I was training at the headquarters. From, of Master Chung. Of Master Chung's. And okay. then once a year, he would have a black belt testing. And then all the students from different franch- yes. locations would come together and test. Okay. So... Um, and where was that location? Was that St. Clair? In Oakville, the, oh, that was yeah, Oakville. In Oakville, because okay. had a bigger right. space to do all the, you know, 30, Got 40 it. students over there. Okay, so that's where you first meet. That's where we first met. And then uh, when, I was, um, when I was competing, he actually asked me to come in one day and uh, kind of like... Uh, he has in, sorry, Master Chung or Master Gibbs? Master Gibbs okay. asked me to come into his school. He had opened up a school in 2001. And around 2005, 2006, he asked me to come in and just be a guest instructor one night. Was that the school called, what was it it called? It was called Authentic Taekwondo. So Master Gibbs at that time started something called Authentic Taekwondo. And where was that located? This was in Markham on Woodbine and 14th area. Okay, so where it's located today. Yeah. So it's always been there. That's where he started it. Yeah. So he was training under Master Chung, same as you. You guys meet at the at at the, your first test together, and so he went off, and then he started his own school. He went off on his yeah. He now he's a he's a he's a doc he's a dentist. Oh, the yeah. other master, yeah. Yeah, the founder of Authentic Taekwondo is a guy by the name of Doctor uh, Doctor Gibbs. He's a dentist professionally. That's what he does. Like he till today, he's got his <laughs> practice. He's got his dual life. He's got <laughs> he's got this like you know. Uh, I feel like it's one complete one, yeah, actually, yeah. when I see him and the way they do it. 
But yeah, like again, so these two components, big yeah. big components. And um, so he started it in which year? 2001. Okay, so he starts it in 2001. It's, it's a like, sweater. Yes, that's it. That's yeah. exactly the sweater. Yeah. That's right. Oh, there it is. Established yeah. 2001. Like, I, I see it all the time and I you never just, read yeah, it. Yeah, you don't notice no. it anymore. I yeah. just look at the courtesy integrity mm-hmm. stuff, like, on this side. I love the values. Uh, yeah, those are their, like, the, the tenets, right? <clears throat> um, so 2001. And then he invites you in 2005 to come as a guest, as a guest instructor. As a guest instructor. So he had developed some black belts that were, that were going to be competing at the provincials. Okay. And he just wanted to kind of, like... Uh, fine-tune them before he sends them off into the provincials. Uh, so he said, can you come and work with them? And so he, um, um, I said, great. So I came in and I did a couple of sessions with them um, right before. And then um, after provincials, I was supposed to come in kind of like uh, have a conclusion of how things went. Um, but I guess, you know, obviously when you're doing anything for the first time, when these guys went to the Black Belt Tournament, um, their performance wasn't, uh, you know, what they had expected. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they were a little bit disheartened. So we did two sessions before, and then we were supposed to do one session after, but they didn't show up. They were kind of like disheartened. So um, to be honest with you, I, I said, you know what? Um, I didn't want to do this for short term. I wanted to do this for the long term. And so, you know, he, he was giving me some money for it as a, okay. for the private sessions. And I said, because they didn't show up, I can't, you know, I can't accept your money. So, <laughs> so we, <laughs> we'll get to that in a sec, though. But I still don't understand something. How does he go from meeting you just once at a black belt test to inviting you to be a guest instructor? He had all these options. Why did he choose you? So he used to go to tournaments a lot. Okay. So he was always a supporter of uh, our club and some of the athletes and stuff like that. Okay. So he used to come to these uh, local tournaments and provincials and kind of like cheer for the for the students that were competing. Okay. And uh, to be honest with you, he was always very encouraging. And his words really meant a lot to me. Like, hey, Akmal, you know, I saw you competing there. You look really good out there. Way to go. And so, you know, to hear okay. those words was so, really nice. Mm-hmm. So, so he, he saw you there he as well. He saw me there. Okay. And he saw me competing. And he thought, you know what? I think this guy can probably bring some value to okay. the Okay. All right. So that's where the invitation also then leads, you know, from. Um, so that's interesting. So you first are called in to help a group of black belts prepare for a uh, for a tournament, an adventure. And it might not have just been a local one. It might have been... It was provincials. Okay, so it was yeah. provincials. So, so you coach... Getting ready for this is your first experience, oh, wow. would you say? Coaching? Or were you, like you're inst- were you instructing I beforehand? Was, I was still coaching and helping at my own school. At Master um, Chung. At Master Chung School, where okay. I was one of the... Uh, I guess leader black belts. Right. So I would kind of lead classes, and then some of the kids that were kind of coming up, I would help develop them. So take them to local tournaments and coach them. So I had an idea how to interact and what to look for uh, in terms of like your own strengths. And then you know when we do go to a tournament and you know you're you're fighting against somebody to be able to pick point mm-hmm. somebody else's weaknesses and to kind of put those two together and to did you take courses on coaching? I was just thinking <laughs> that because like I, I I'm not familiar with yeah. taekwondo but I know in right. soccer like when you're coaching there's different coaching levels that you can aspire to and you have to take courses and stuff yeah. so is that does that exist in taekwondo? It or? does so I didn't do it when I was competing but then when I became an official coach in 20 um, 2009 when I had my own school 
Um, there's something called the NCCP, the National Coaching Certification Program, that we all have to do uh, if we want to coach. So if you want to go local, national, international, different levels there's different of levels of yeah. coaching, and you have to take those courses. Okay, so Standard. it's the same kind of system. But at that time, yeah. you hadn't taken any. I hadn't taken so any. So where were you learning to coach? So I was learning to coach from my own coaches. So <laughs> my coach was like telling me how I was doing and just you know, watching him interact with other of my teammates and myself. I was kind of getting an idea of how to do it. And also to lead classes, yeah. you kind of see what the majority is and you kind of create a plan based on that. So you're always, you know, like subconsciously analyzing what to teach for the next group of people. Based on what you observe during, yeah. yeah. Exactly. So there was your, there were also, there were two people significant who you've mentioned in the past, Master Chung and your Master Tino Dos Santos. Tino Dos Santos. So those are the two that you're kind of looking to and picking <laughs> the parts that you understand and like, and then sort of formulating your own way of doing it. Um, so no coaching certification yet at that point in time, but an invitation to come and work with developing or preparing a group of black belts for provincials. Okay, so that's where we're at. And then <laughs> I'm just trying to like understand. There's a lot. Okay, and then you get there. And then you take them on this provincial, you know, turn to this tournament. And they didn't fare so well. Because I only had really just two sessions with them. I'm not yeah. trying to, you know, throw blame no, away. No, no, no. no. Right. Yeah. I just had two you didn't do your job. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but we went to this tournament and they really got, um, you know, they got surprised. Because yeah. they were really well-rounded. They're flexible. They're fast. They had great height. And then somebody else... Shorter, less, yes, you know, yes. but experience was yeah. yeah, really like um, just kind of like shut them down and they didn't really have an answer for it. But my perspective on that is that it's okay. Yes. Yeah, that's where you that's, learn that's the where most. That's where you learn the most when you have no idea what the heck is going yeah, on. Yeah, watch that tape. That's, yeah, watch that tape and watch yourself and see if you can make one step improvement next time. Yeah. But a lot of people, that's where they, they stop because yeah. that devastation of like, oh my gosh, I just got owned. Like, I have no answer at all. And they walked in thinking they that they were the favorites. Yeah. Like, they were bigger. They're bigger, stronger, faster, more flexible. Like, they can kick around my face, no problem. And they got but, beat by they what they thought was... Somebody who was up to yeah. their shoulder height. Like, you know, looking down on somebody and they're coming at you yeah. strong and kind of like just moving around. And they scored the points. They scored the points. And... Um, it's, it is disheartening, mm -hmm. but those are the moments where but you really... But that's a character-building moment, yeah. though. That doesn't that's just happen in Taekwondo. Yeah, it's not just Taekwondo. No, I've seen it's not it just in martial arts. It's like yeah. life. You think you got this, you're prepared, mm. you we're ready, confident, all the things that check off, and we go in there and we get blown away. Yeah, it by is, someone, and, and it's always such a humbling lesson when you have underestimated your opponent. Mm. Right, I feel like that's such a character-building moment. Is, Very true. Is 100%. you always need to respect your opponent, regardless of where they are on their ranking, yeah. right? Because that's your opponent, yeah. right? They're they're training just as hard as you are, too, yeah. right? So yeah, and you don't you have no idea who they are, <laughs> right? You're just looking at them and you're judging them based on looks alone. Yeah. And so that's where I think they got really like disheartened. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, I thought that he was shorter, maybe slower, not as yeah. experienced, and I could beat this guy, and then all of a sudden. Complete opposite. Yeah. Like he had no chance against them whatsoever. Yeah. So one little misstep of misjudging, right? And uh, overestimation or underestimation, whatever we want to call it, despite the skill, leads to like this decline in morale, mm -hmm. which now the skill set hasn't changed. 
the abilities are still there. But when the morale drops below a certain level, now it's like quit. So then what happens? So I'm <laughs> they're looking at you really, now. So uh, what's Master Gibbs thinking about all this? So I, I think uh, Master Gibbs knew, like mm. you know, these are the guys that are the best at his club, uh. and he wants to go and try them out. So you know, can you come and give them a little bit of a pep talk to kind of help fine tune some of the details that they need for this event? Mm. Great, no problem. Sure. Uh, but I'm not a miracle worker. But how can you do it? <laughs> right, right. Like, exactly. I had two sessions. Yeah, I had two sessions. And I saw, here's what, here's what you can do. Here's what you expect. Right. And let's go okay. and try it. Right. Uh, so we went and we, you know, based on their abilities, we tried what we could. Uh-huh. But obviously, they, yeah. they were yeah. overestimated yeah. themselves. Sure. There are and, all these habits that have been formed still, right? Yeah. So then we, we went there. We lost. Okay. Yeah. No problem. For me, it's like, okay. This is a journey. Yeah. You know, you're starting from point A and you're going to point Z. Yeah. So there's all these little yeah. stops that you're going to make along mm-hmm. the way and readjustments. But your journey continues. But you have a choice if you want that journey to continue. So I think at that point they said they want their competitive journey to stop. And I don't wow. think they I love that yeah. part. Interesting. So it's like they saw it as like you saw you, you probably like are it's, it's a win or it's a learn. They saw it as a loss yeah. and a failure, and that's the quit point. Yeah, and so they, they decided to quit. They decided to quit, and wow. I don't think I ever saw them at a tournament again. Wow! So I was supposed to go back to uh, Dr. Gibbs's club the following week after, and just kind of like reanalyze everything. But they decided not to show up. Wow. So um, I was like, okay, well, no problem. I mean, I'm I'm here if you guys need me, but yeah. uh, clearly this is not what you want, so that's fine. So um, that was your, your the first time working with Authentic Taekwondo. And then what was the next one? So the next one, um, so I retired like shortly after. So this was around 2005, 2006. And you around retired 2007, coaching. I retired from competition. So at from that time, I was still competing. Okay. Uh, but in 2007, I decided to retire completely. Okay. And so... Um, you know, I, I wanted to continue working in Taekwondo. I, I, I loved it. So you weren't working in Taekwondo at the time, like professionally full time as you're you not as doing paid, something else, not as a paid job. Right. No. So I was uh, just training, you know, five, six hours just for myself right. to go and compete at different arenas. Uh, but in 2007, I approached my, my own teacher, Master Chang, and I said, sir, um, I'm done competition. Um, you know, our aim was to go to the Beijing Olympics. Uh, obviously, we didn't make it, so I, I can't really see myself aiming for another four years to go to London. Right. So I want to stop and kind of like start my life. I remember life. that London, London mm-hmm. Olympics, yeah, two thousand twelve. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so it's very recent, actually, isn't it? It's only it, within the last ten years, years ago. ago. Yeah, cool. yeah. But I was uh, I was in my late twenties, and uh-huh. uh, I feel like I had put my my life at a pause to to try to. C- to accomplish, compete, compete yeah. and do sure. all the things I needed to do. But at that point, I was like, okay, you know what? I, I need to get my career in, in check. And so um, uh, I had done a lot of different jobs, uh, but it wasn't what I wanted. So I really wanted to do Taekwondo. Huh. So Master Chung said, I don't really have anything for you. You know, um, if you want to come and train here once in a while, or if you want to, you know, volunteer, you're more than welcome to. What were you looking for when you said, I had done a lot of different jobs? I'm just curious. What were you looking for? I, you don't have to tell me what you did, but what were you looking for in those jobs? What was it that you were seeking? Uh, money is one thing, obviously, but what, what kind of to things were honest, you looking to do? I wanted to feel useful. <laughs> I wanted to feel like I was making a contribution to okay. something of value. Okay. Um, you know, I, I used to work for um, like a custodian 
And to be honest with you, I never really understood what the purpose of the custodian was. It was okay. just feel like, like it was a job that. What's a custodian? The, the like a janitor. Okay. Custodian, yeah. uh, but for a financial institution. Oh, for yeah, financial. Yeah, okay. I yeah, had yeah. a different. Exactly. A different, so custodians. Yeah. Um, it it was. You know, I don't want to say the name of the company, but anyway, yeah, it was yeah. a U.S. and Canadian bank that had merged sure, together. Sure, sure. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So but basically, like you're they hold as a... assets okay. for different institutions, um, and then they okay. use those assets to basically okay. um, earn money on them and stuff like that. Uh, so, um, it's like okay. a middleman. Middleman, exactly. So yeah, you're working as, as a, for, with a bank, it, it's... Okay, it's yeah. a professional role. It was a professional role. Okay. It, you know, obviously, I'm, I'm putting my economics degree in, yeah. in, in check. And, yeah, and okay. So, um, so you got the degree you're using. I got it. the degree. I'm using it, but, but it's you not. Don't feel, but I don't feel like it doesn't I, align. I, with doesn't you. align with. I, I don't feel like I'm making a difference mm. in the world. You know, mm. I'm just being told what to do. I have no <laughs> yeah. real say in anything, like in terms of like the the work process, making someone's life better, um, being uh, feeling like I'm actually using my own intuition in in terms of like development. It's just like I know X Y Z has to be done today, and that's it. I do it. I'm done. Five o'clock. I, I check out. Right. And it wasn't. I just. I just felt like I, I wasn't really growing uh, mm-hmm. as a, as a person, or okay. I, I didn't really feel like. I was being useful in, in, in helping anybody, to be honest with you. And you gave it a good go. Like, you're, you're obviously applying your knowledge, right? I was um, there for, for three and a half years. And then, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, my friend of mine called. He worked for a car dealership. And right. he said, uh, listen, I, I sell cars, but yeah. I'm looking for somebody who could do marketing. Okay. So if you want to come and, you know, try your skills here, right. uh, I, can, we, I can give you an idea of where we want to market. And you can you know, call around and get pricing and things like that. Ah, the call uh, so, from the friend. That happens. Mm. Yeah, you so hear that? I was ready, you know, uh, I was ready to leave. I, I just felt like I wasn't... Mm. Any opportunity is an opportunity. An opportunity. Yeah. And obviously you, you offered me a little bit more money too. Yeah. Sure. So I left. I, to be honest with you, I worked at the dealership for like three weeks. <laughs> and <laughs> okay. that didn't go very yeah. well. Yeah. Okay. And I think my friend and I, we both quit together. <laughs> oh, so your friend, so friend, friend. it was your friend's dealership. It, was, it wasn't my friend's dealership. He worked there as one of the managers. Uh, but I think he had enough of that location as well. So we both quit. And then... Um, May I, I was, ask? Yeah. Because when you say you quit, you're not a quitter from how I know. So the word quit, it's like what didn't align is what I want to understand. Um, like you're helping people so he was, get... Like was it culture? Was it... When you said three weeks, come on, it had to be something pretty obvious to you, right? So I just mm-hmm. didn't like the interest rates that they were charging on okay. like newcomers. So like that's important like that. to understand. Yeah. Yeah. I think. yeah. So um, obviously he was um, he was a used car sales sure. manager, sure. and so you know their their whole thing was like no credit, bad credit doesn't matter, come in, and you know they're they're charging like twenty percent. 25% interest on these right. people who have no idea. They and have no, like, and no they idea. don't have a baseline they income have a baseline. anyway. And it's like, honestly, to say no to, <clears throat> you know, uh, to a car salesperson, it takes a lot of... It does, uh, it takes a lot of... They're trained on... Uh, they're they're trained on, like, closing that deal. Yeah. So when you walk into a dealership, I remember being in some of their meetings, and it's like, when people walk into a dealership, they come in to buy a car, so they shouldn't leave without a car. So um, you ha- your job is to get them into a and car. And they try to leverage the personal details that you, My you, gosh, you share, too, The pressure right? that they put on yeah. you to, to sign those, that paper was incredible. And so... Conscientious. Yeah. What I love <laughs> about this, though, is that like, okay, it happens so, to It happens to everyone. Is there's so many of us get locked into these jobs... And stay with it and, and stay with it for sometimes like until retirement. 
and then hoping, okay, now I'm going to retire. Now I can start my life with what aligns because the pressure of the paycheck is just so big. But um, I think you, you, you're being true to something for yourself by honoring that part of. It was I'm just not, hard to see that. Yeah. Just, so you were able to do this and say, look, I just got to do my job. Put aside my feelings. Yeah, I'm just going to so do my great job. to honor that. Yeah, no, I, it was. It wasn't. <laughs> like, the, it, it, it didn't feel. Do you right. think I mean, Taekwondo had an influence on that? I'm not sure, but I just, I just saw myself, and I well, saw my parents in that better. seat. Yeah, and it's like you know what? They don't know any better. They come here to try and build their credit, right. and they have a choice of how much interest they're going to charge. And obviously, they maximize it, and that I didn't. That it didn't align with me. So I was like, you know what? I don't really feel. Again, I don't really feel useful. I feel like useless you know i can't really yeah. make and you know and so i don't want to i don't want to have anything to do with that and i just like one of the tenants is integrity yeah, yeah. it's a big thing and uh when you're around that environment even though you're competing at, at in taekwondo when you end that in you know during that phase and you're winning or not or whatever the integrity piece can never be let go it's really it, it, in martial arts i think they really do a good job of like keeping that in the forefront, in the background, everywhere, mm-hmm. and what you do. So it's when you step into, everything. yeah. So when we step into an environment where you're in, like, others don't have that constantly being put in front of them. You're training five, six hours a day. You think you're training to compete, but you're also training these things into you. Mm-hmm. And when, when now, when you walk into an environment where integrity, it's like, what do you mean integrity? Do it's your job. Not, it's not even a word. <laughs> and you're for like, them. no. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. Others don't always have that. No. And I really do believe that that's a big thing about uh, martial arts and Taekwondo. The way they teach it, the way you teach it as well. And you put it in the forefront. And you drill it over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just for competition. It's for everything. It's for life. And when you walked into that environment, you, you know, uh, you presumed going in that integrity was a given. But it wasn't. I just wanted, I, was, I thought it was just, I just wanted to dig a little deeper there to understand it. Because you might not think that it was a big deal, but it's, it's is a, a huge deal. It's, it's a, a huge, huge deal. Another guy stays yes. and says, yeah. forget it. But or I think, I think you're right. I think, the, in, I think the, so quickly, you know? Yeah, I think the Taekwondo journey is a feeding into it, though, because yeah. a lot of people at 28, 29 don't always know themselves, right? They've never done that kind of, I know I certainly didn't, right? Mm. <laughs> so, like, you know, they haven't, I didn't know myself as well to be able to say, no, I'm not doing that to, enough to like leave a job, right? Just because it's such a terrifying thing to do to be without a job, right? So, yeah. it, goes, it almost goes against the competitor in you. Like, don't quit. But you, you said yourself, your words were, I quit. Yeah. Yeah. And that was okay. And it was okay because it's not, you know what? Yeah. It's not, it didn't align with my values. Either you um, quit the job or you quit who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you, right. I, I know that uh, I knew that I couldn't realistically make any difference in the, in the place that I was. You know, I was actually trying my hand at something completely new, which was marketing. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really. Again, I didn't feel like they needed me. Uh, you know, and at the same time, uh, you know, being in those um, sales scenarios where they're sitting with somebody who has been in Canada for the past two three months and they're just looking to build their credit, get around and stuff like that. And then knowing that they can't really afford it and putting this extra interest on them and s- selling the car at a value that's arbitrary, it just didn't align very yeah, well. And I, it, it was hard to, to sit in those things. Yes, once, twice, but it's on a daily basis and it just becomes like, you too know Too toxic. What? Too toxic. Yeah. I can't do this. So then what happened? 
So I quit. How I didn't that have a bring job. You, that, that brings, so now you <laughs> yeah. So I'm, oh, I didn't okay. have a, I didn't have a job. You ended up uh, as a volunteer for, there with Master Chong. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but then eventually, um, so obviously I'm still fresh from my competition days, uh -huh. and so I approached one club that's very successful in Burlington. Uh, that time it was called Kicks for Kids. Okay. And uh, they had um, over like a hundred students of after school program alone. An after school program is incredibly lucrative because <laughs> they're. Um, they're uh, they basically it's an after school care, so you mm -hmm. you charge up to like five hundred bucks uh, per person yeah. at that time. I'm sure it's a lot more now. Mm. Uh, but anyway, he was doing really well. But the problem with him was his image was you know basically it's a babysitting place. So he wanted to bring somebody who had high performance uh, skills to be right. able to develop some students and go to tournaments. Really put value into and it. put value into it and be like we're not just a babysitting. We're like a genuine martial arts mm -hmm. places That's where great. we can bring our, our credit up so um he said come out and do a, a session with my students and see and if everything works well we can talk about um you know getting you here full time uh so i was like great and um i just remember going there and it's like again it's it's a bunch of kids who had never seen high performance competition before mm -hmm. and just kicking those targets at the speed and you know precision i could just see like their eyes lit up and it felt, you know, yes. when you do it around people that, that kids it's a great energy. Time, yeah. it's great, but when people see it for the first time, yeah. they just it's, lose they it. Just, yeah. yeah, they love it. Yes. And so yes. you love that, that, that exchange, that, bond, that exchange. Yeah. They, they want to see it. You want to perform. And then it's like, well, you can do it too. Yeah. yeah. And so I think th then the relationship began and to be, um, honest within the, you know, they were just, nobody really respected them as competitors, right? but Within a year, like they were one of the top schools in Ontario. Really? Yeah. Were you the only one who had come in for this purpose? Or I was the others? only one. They had a coach at that time, uh, but uh, you know, I, I, maybe the coach wasn't as influential. Sure. Um, so I, I just felt like you know I demanded more from them. Right. Um, and um, you know when when we go to when you go to tournaments as well. Um, you know, that sense of comfort is important. So mm -hmm. I had been in that environment for yeah, so long. And your I playfulness, too. Playfulness. Like you, the conversation started with your playfulness, right? Yeah. And that's, that's your always your first in with kids at any age is yeah. if you can be playful, then you, you have an audience, yeah. right? And to like, be playful yeah. in a tense and in a moment teaching as well. way. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the tournament, they're, they're very tense. They're nervous. Right. They're anxious about what's going to happen. But if you're kind of like joking around right. with them, breaking that tension, getting their mind off of competition completely mm. to be able to like just let them relax for yeah. a moment and then get back on track, it helps them perform a lot better. Yeah. Absolutely. Now, obviously, again, they didn't win right from the beginning either, sure. but I had explained it on from early on. Like, listen, not, guys, it's a journey. It's yeah. a journey. Take your time. Let's learn. Let's find out who we are. Let's find out what our strengths are, first of all. You know, what your strengths are at the training center is not yeah. the same as in tournament. Let's see what actually comes out at the events. So through time, um, they, they started to build up. And then um, uh, while I was doing that, I while I was doing that, I was also saving up money. So um, around 2009, uh, February, Dr. Gibbs sent me a, a message and said, I want to have a meeting with you. And I was like, okay, great. Still in Do you have your coaching thing sorted out by now? Or Not no? yet. So okay. NCCP was kind of like in its infancy at that time. Right. They were just becoming more organized in terms of like certifi okay. certifying official coaches. So he said, um, uh, so we, we met around in February of 2009. And he said, um, Akmal, I've been a dentist for more than 20 years of my life or yeah. however long it had been. 
and I've been running the school for you know the nine years that or eight years that it's been, hmm. and you know my my life is very busy. Yeah. I wake up in the morning. I'm a dentist. Right away, I come to school. Mm. I, I get home by like nine, ten o'clock. Like that's my day for the past ten years. I need to enjoy my life. And I said, that's amazing because right. you know what? I'm at a point where I'm ready to start my own. Hmm. And it was like that perfect moment. I, just we, a bridge. <laughs> just a bridge. We had no idea this was going to happen. I had no idea what he wanted to offer. And so uh, I was like, great. So by June of 2009, we had signed all the paperwork that I was going to take over. Huh. And it's been an incredible journey of uh, running my own organization since then. Um, when you were going into it, so this is now like the competitor turn coach turn business person. <laughs> Uh, with some custodian work and I mean you learn from those experiences too right like um, when you went into doing uh, to running this business now were you thinking of it as running a school or were you thinking of it as running a business what were you thinking mm-hmm. um, I was thinking of running it as a school yes um, I really didn't know much about the business <laughs> I learned a little bit about the business from kicks for kids because right. they had a really good system in place mm-hmm. but that's um, not the business that's the school that's the school um but yeah. you know even just the simple things like interacting with the parents okay i had that was one of my challenges mm. um you know i like dealing with athletes because right. you know we speak the same yeah. language yes this is what we're doing this yeah. is what's going on let me know what your thoughts are let me know how you're feeling this is the drills. This is where we're going we're gonna to build your flexibility and your strength. It's a piece of the puzzle. Piece of the puzzle. But then to be able to go and talk to the parents that's and like, you know, get them to, yeah, that's, that's like, a whole that's, another, that's another job. Oh, yeah. it is. And yeah. it was 100%. a tough job. Um, I really wasn't very good well, at it. Because parents have expectations too, because, you know, from a service perspective, yeah. they're like, well, I'm paying for a service. And, and the sometimes trainer, the athlete doesn't care for I've all seen that. that with my kids in sports the where they're getting mad at coaches yeah. because their child isn't achieving to the level that they want yeah, yeah so or they want a, like reports on like how yes. their kids are doing so i was yeah i always felt like i was she, sheltered at at young chung taekwondo because yeah. master chung did that yeah and i felt sheltered at kicks for kids because the owner of that school did that i never had to deal with yeah. parents it's like talk to him yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you're running this, so you go in thinking that i'm going to run a school run a school not, i'm going yeah. to run a business yeah do you know how much how often that happens going into uh, right here you know, like ventures yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this because I'm. I've got a skill. Uh, I'm helping. I'm useful. I'm. You know. Yeah. So why wouldn't I succeed at having this business? So you're going in, but that is, I think, also the. I honestly think, as a person who's come from business and has been in business, some people I talk to them and I ask them, so what's your goal? What What are you trying to do here as a business? And it's like make profit. Mm-hmm. It's the. I don't have. I was going to say the MBA way, but it's not the MBA way, but it's like the business person's way. Well, why do you do anything to make money? Mm-hmm. Whereas the person who comes from the point of view of the actual, yeah. actual skill set is like, um, I'm here to serve my client. I'm here to build a student, help people compete. Mm-hmm. You hear two very different. Follow my passion, you hear. Very, right? very yeah. different. And both of them, I look at them, I go, uh-oh, have you thought about the other side? Um, so with the business, do you care about your client? Do you care about your community? Do you care about your staff? And the other person is like, have you thought about <laughs> your break-even points? Have mm-hmm. you thought about you know your supply and your demand and your com- competition? But neither one of them considered the other. It doesn't really matter because here you are at the end of the day. I just I think that that's an interesting way that you arrived 
to this point is that your goal was to run a school,、mm-hmm. and also that you were running it with Master Gibbs as the person you connected with. So he was. There was certain things that you were looking for, perhaps that you've seen. You've had experiences dealing with all kinds of people. You've traveled the world. So what is it about Master Gibbs that attracted you to work with him specifically? So、um, I, I obviously I, I wanted it to be somewhere. Um, where it was a family,、uh, community type of place, a family、mm-hmm. neighborhood,、um, you know, at a beautiful location. It really is like authentic Taekwondo. It's high ceilings, big facility, five thousand square feet.、Um, you know, summer times training is really beautiful because you have the front door and the back door open, and you have oh nice fresh、breeze. air, bre- beautiful breeze. Sure, and especially during during COVID times, it has really、sure. helped a lot. Sure,、uh, just keeping people's、uh, tensions low.、Um, But、um, obviously, Dr. Gibbs wanted to basically pass the baton on. Okay, I, I don't think he, he wanted wanting, to. He wanted to let go.、Yeah. He wanted to let go. Okay,、um, you know, obviously, he's. I I, I appreciate his、um, his feedback throughout the time that I was running the business and、right. some of the challenges I was facing. Yeah, for him to always be there and he, offer his advice, I really、oh. appreciate that. But in terms of him actually being involved in the. Nuts and bolts of the business、yeah. that he wasn't. So he、involved. mentored you through that, like he, he did through Taekwondo. Yeah, he, he did yeah. mentor me a little bit. You know,、yeah. sometimes I would be like, you know what?、Uh, some parents are, you know, they're complaining about their kids not winning or things like that, and you know, just for him saying like, who cares what they think? So just, he stepped just up. Just to validate yeah, that that's、does. okay. That, yeah. yeah. So he would, you know, he would offer that advice, and I am because he is the founder, so they would go to him, right? Initially, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But you know, obviously. I was the face of the organization、yeah. now, and you know he was he was still at his dentistry. So, you know the parents didn't really have, you know, didn't any have kind access, of communic- yeah. access to him. So they would always go through me.、Um, I remember when I joined. I forget the year I joined, but his presence was still there at that time, very much so. I noticed it, and、um, and I knew he was the founder, and I knew you were there. And sometimes I'd be like, "Hmm, that's interesting. You have a great dynamic between the two of you." He would le- he would let it would it's really at the end of the day like you say whose show is it?、Mm-hmm. It was st- I could tell this is you know Master Faraz you know gig is this, is your show, but the it's interesting because I would see him、um, you know like when you would say that you would see him supporting you by saying something. What was amazing is what you wouldn't see him doing right like all the things that he would be doing when you were not present and how he supported still the club and yourself.、Um, I thought that was really interesting that he did that in a really Really, really good way.、Um, so it's what amazing. What did you see? Like, what was he doing? So what's amazing is that, like, you would see the times that he was supporting you, or sometimes you might even notice that it was like, "Where's the support?" <laughs> right? Because you're like, "I need help with this."、Uh, but one thing about Master Gibbs that I gotta say that I've noticed about him is everybody has a style. He has a very clear style, and one of his ways in his style is he lets you figure it out. Yeah. There's two parts to him. I feel is like sometimes he can be.、Uh, I feel like I have a lot in common with him sometimes because he'll go. He'll tell you what it is. <laughs> he'll tell you whether he thinks it's right or not right, and he's very like he's straight up about it.、Um, he won't sugarcoat it necessarily, and he believes he's doing you a favor by not sugarcoating it.、Mm-hmm. Like old school, some people would call uh, uh, it. Yeah, I, I respond. I call well it. That. I call it. They call it old school. Yeah, and.、Uh, I feel like okay. I actually it appeals to me. It's、yeah. like tell me straight, give it to me、yeah. what I need to know right now.、Um, so he's a, he's got a different. Master Fraz got his a, another a very different style.、Um, 
So he would give it to you straight. But in other situations, uh, you kind of look to him to you, you raise a hand towards him. You just hold him And mirror. he'll hold his hands yeah. behind his back going, what? Get yourself up. Yeah. Again, that's also old school sometimes. Yeah. Like the nurturer, he's all of a sudden gone. And I just thought that the way he would use that to train, because he would also come in as an instructor. And what's great about authentic Taekwondo is you use different styles of coaching, not just your own. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been able, Master Farah has been able to bring in and create us this, uh, this, I wouldn't even call it coexistence. I, it's synergy. It's really good. It works with different styles of instructors. And he, he understands that these guys do it a different way than he does. Mm-hmm. And he allows it to happen. And it creates for this amazing, amazing synergy. Mm-hmm. Like a true ecosystem. Because well, different kids for, learn differently from different instructors exactly. too, right? So there's such exactly. a benefit for that. And some people, when they take control of a club, they're like, this is my, my way. way. This is my culture. Yeah. I do it too. Um, I got to be honest, but he brings, he leaves room for that. Yeah, for growth. So, yeah, he learned that somewhere, I think. Uh, and, yeah, part of it is all credit to you in terms of how you are, but you learn these things intrinsically. Um, so even though Dr. Gibbs saw, had to notice, had to notice that Master Farah's style is very different from Master Gibbs' style. And, you know, when it's your club mm-hmm. and you got to hand it over to somebody, and you see somebody doing it a different way, there is this, like, um, they don't let go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the biggest reason deals fall apart. I see that with family businesses. The all deal the falls apart, <laughs> yeah. not because the buyer changed his mind, but the seller was like, right. not you. Yeah. And he knew all of this about you yeah. and still let it happen. I think that's huge yeah. for, on his part. It wasn't probably that perfect. And there were moments where it's kind of like, oh, he's not letting go. Sure. But ultimately, he wanted to see that happen. And in spite of all the difference in styles or whatever, I got to tell you, old school guys, they're like, they don't necessarily believe that the way Master Farad does it is the way. Oh, really? Yes. I'm telling you. Because I I, this I'm is all school. new to me. This yeah, is I am a little old school and I don't do it the way Master <laughs> Farad does it. And when I see him doing it, I'm like, is that actually good? Like, I'm mindful of what he's doing in the class. And I'm like, yeah. is that really going to help this kid? Like, is, it, is that really going to be okay? Are you doing justice to this kid? Like, you know, like, yeah, is this good for the kid? Yeah, you have questions, yeah. And I, but I also say that in line with knowing that this guy's also a national yeah. competitor. So hold on a second. Yeah. Know your place. I haven't. <laughs> Check I haven't, I have to. Because yeah. I think I know what I'm doing. And then I'm like, but I haven't competed at that level. I haven't done what he's done. And if he's at that level mm-hmm. and he's doing it this way. What do I need to learn from that? Yeah. Then, yeah, I'm going to keep taking notes. Yeah. <laughs> right? So I, I have a very different style from him. Yeah. But I keep taking notes. And I'm like, does that really work? And I got to say, I start doing things his way, not just inside the club, but outside the club. And that's why I call him the most influential person <laughs> in my life, aside from the wife and the parents and all that stuff. But yeah, for you most, as your own person, the single this, most influential yeah. person on me in the last yeah. five, ten years, hands down, not mm-hmm. even close. There hasn't been another person. Sorry, I went on a Thank segue you. there, <laughs> but so I just feel that like because this has to do with like your your all, your your goal right? in terms of how you got there, so, and you never changed it. And I love that. I but love doesn't that, that speak well it. to the name too, though? Yes. Right? But Authentic you know, Taekwondo. Yes. Like the fact that 
you, I didn't know this about you that your style was so diverse. Oh, or it's different, so different. Right? So the fact that it's so di- like, different. You remember is the Karate Kid movie? The, um, you know, Mr. There's the Mr. Miyagi yeah. style. And then there's, so, what's the other song? guy? The other guy. There's a show Cobra about it. Cobra Kai. The, yeah, Cobra it's Kai. It's popular right now. The Cobra Kai. It's old yeah. now, right? <laughs> On Netflix. So Cobra yeah. Kai was like how things used to be. Like, go, kill, kill, kill. Right? Yeah. He is the 100%, the 180 degree opposite of the go kill. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy. Right? This is the Cobra Kai motto. Oh, right? wow. But he wins. <laughs> he beats those guys. Yeah. So I'm like, hmm, where do I want to be? Right? Anyway, yeah. we'll talk more about that as well. But like, it's, uh, I just thought it was so, it's so interesting about him. Do you notice that about your style? Oh, like, God, that I you notice. are so different you than must other people? Um, I just feel like I I I, I want to find the strengths within you. Yeah. You know, I don't want to push you one way or another. I I don't think there is a right way or a wrong way. I think it's just your way, yeah. whatever right. you yes. want to do. Yeah. Um, just and so guiding that. One of the things um, that happened when I first opened up the business, or when I took over the business, is that obviously people knew I was a you know um, I love high performance like mm. I love competition mm. uh, this was my driving force for the past 15 20 years however long I was competing for um, and so a lot of the people that knew I was coming into Markham area they said you cannot make fighters out of suburban kids yeah they're very you know they're very soft like they're very gentle that's not their demeanor you can't go and get them to fight at an international level and so when people were saying you can't do something, <laughs> it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, no, no. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah. I think they do. I think we can. And so mm-hmm. when I moved to Markham, people, some, some people heard that I, was, that I was taking over this place. And so some of the high performance athletes from other clubs that maybe they weren't happy where they were, by 2000, and, by 2000 and, from 2009, 2010, I had already developed a few color belts that were going to like local events. And they saw their progress, mm-hmm. and then they said, "Well, wait a minute. If we're not really doing progressing in our own clubs, by wow. 2010 they started to come to authentic Taekwondo." And by the way, he says that in passing, they would drive an hour and a half from. Wow. Like we're talking, like not That's just commitment. five ten minutes. Yeah. You know how you look for a club within. Believe me, I having boys and right? sports. Yeah. They would it's, drive. Driving is a big thing in the. GTA. And on the distance between where they live to where the club is. There's hundreds of clubs along the way yeah. that they could stop in. So there's a choice. Yeah. And they go here. And I, 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 knew, I knew that, and I was grateful for that. Yeah. And so I wanted to make sure that I was able to provide because now they're depending on me. Right. So, um, you know, yeah, so now there's from, a pressure, too. Now there's again. a pressure. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. I was like, oh. you know what? That's the most flattering because thing Because that's more done. of yes. what you intended to do with your whole purpose is to be there to create something for people or hold space for people. And they were coming thing. from oh. Barrie and Guelph and wow. Oakville. And so, you know, through traffic, like, you know, yeah, coming from Mississauga like to no Markham. Joke. Five days and a week. For, yeah, yeah, five days a week. You know, it's incredible mm. through snowstorms, honestly. Yeah. Whatever Bringing the their homework. Like, it's... It was, oh, I see it, was it. it was beautiful. It yeah. was, uh, it, you know, and then by 2012, we, we created our first junior national champion. You know, one of the kids that was coming from Barrie, now he had won nationals and he was going to represent Canada at the Pan Am Championships in Mexico. Amazing. We went to Mexico in 2013 and we won gold medal for, for Canada. And this was, this was huge. Uh, 2014, we had developed... Uh, um, a youth Olympic game uh, qualification spot in Taiwan. 
uh, from one, another one of our athletes. And they were all very young. They, they, we, we started with them maybe when they were like 8, 9, 10 years old. And by the time they were like 14, 15, they were winning huge competitions. And, I, I, you know, my, my relationship with the parents was developing a lot better. Mm-hmm. You know, they were very, they trusted me and I, and, I, and I appreciated that. And so whenever I said, hey, we're going to these tournaments throughout the year, I had a plan of like, these are the events that we're going to go to. It would, by the end of the year, it cost them like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars yeah. $20,000. And after they had done competition, I realized that some of the parents, even though they couldn't afford it, they had taken out basically a second mortgage to try and like to, subs- to, to do this to do this for their kids, and you know all that is like and they wouldn't regret that move either. Not at all. I, I you know, I, they really they're proud of their kids' development and their yeah. dedication. You know, um, their training was so intense. Like yeah. we were training <laughs> sometimes early in the morning, mm. and then I would drive them to school. So we would train at like. 7 o'clock until like 8.30 and then by like 9 o'clock I would drive them, drop them off to their schools. Then after school they would come again from like uh, 3.30 to like 4.30 or 5 o'clock they would train again and then between 5 and 8 o'clock they would do their homework and then mm-hmm. 8 to 10 was their class time for high performance. So they were training three times a week. Wow. But my, my mindset was like, well, if you're going to go and train against somebody from Korea mm-hmm. or... Yeah. Um, you know, Egypt, where they're like, they have schools of Taekwondo training specifically for high performance. And they sometimes and they, teach math and science. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're, they're, it's all there. It's, it's all, all encompassing. Yeah, it's all, it's all encompassing. Yeah, yeah there's a sports school. And yeah. they're trying to, de- this is wh- how they create a name for themselves to mm-hmm. be able to survive in their own society. Yeah. Because without getting out of, you know, out of the average by doing this, they're going to be yeah. basically fighting for food their whole their life. Their opportunities yeah. are very limited, yeah. So this wow. was their, yeah, so yeah. you're a Canadian living yeah, like a very... life depends on it. Luxurious yeah. lifestyle. Things and you knew nothing about. Yeah, wow. and you're fighting against people who are fighting for an op- for life survival. opportunity. For survival. Absolutely. For yeah. So you tell me how badly you want it. Do you <laughs> want to do these three training sessions where you're go, go, yeah. go? Because they're working wanna, twice as hard as you, and you're working this hard. Yeah. Absolutely, and they're working at a much intense pace. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're, we were we were seeing results because of our commitment and yeah. their trust in the development of their in their program. Yeah. Um, I love how you built in like the dinner and the homework time too. Like that's so there's such a cohesiveness about that in community because like. It's like the learning still continues because I'm sure the kids would help each other out and because you have different ages and grades. Yeah, and and even some of the younger kids would come in and watch them do their homework. Then they would do their homework. Right. You know, and they had nothing to do with the program. And by the way, when Masfar is like running, okay, maybe not so much for the high performance guys, but they get it by that time. But even when he's running a regular class, there's not. It's not just okay, punch, cake, block, all that kind of stuff. It's then sit down and talk about parents and listening and talk about sleeping and talk about doing homework mm-hmm. it's not just you know what was yeah. that cobra kai motto whatever it was who cares it's, it's so irrelevant but you get what i'm saying it's like yeah. a complete like a it's, it's a holistic package yes. what a person needs to be successful you yeah. need to have you need to give to all the parts it's not right? a, like a taekwondo yeah. school it's like a yeah. school of life like yeah. it's all there yeah I just feel like the lessons that we learn from high performance is so applicable to our day-to-day life. 100%. Yeah. If we want to be successful in anything, we have to have uh, a routine. We have to be disciplined. Yeah. You know, we have to sleep on time. We have to get enough Starting sleep. Sounds old school. We have yeah. to, you know, we have to eat properly. Use he uses it. Nutrition is important. You yeah. know, our, our dedication, our commitment to yeah. our craft is important. 
Otherwise, what's the point of doing it? So, mm. you know, if you're sleeping whenever and then waking up whenever, but then, you know, how do you expect to be at your physical best <laughs> right. to be able to perform, you know, stand in front of people, whatever you have to do to present or anything if you're not there? If you didn't spend enough time doing your homework to be able to do that presentation, how are you going to be able to do it? So, you know, those are the high performance values that we were kind of like giving to the average kids mm-hmm. to help them you know develop i mean if you're not doing your homework how do you expect to get yeah. the the results and marks that you need so you've got this you're 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 proving um suburban kids can win <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. like you know can win at a high level under your like you know coaching uh, or doing it a certain way right um this is now moving into years like that come through and then uh the school's growing right the kids are there's a lot of new members and that part of it is working um and i you hear the passion right when you when you when you hear talk about the school Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i don't want to like you know pour like cold water on it but there's the business end of it you were you paying any attention at all to any of that stuff because it's running automatically now were you were were there challenges for you along that side as well did you know for sure um i mean i'm I have some, I guess, some experience in in my accounting degree. You know, taking some accounting courses, right. making sure that you know we're in the black and you know <laughs> mm-hmm. we are able to pay our bills and things right. like that. It's a lot um, to manage. Right? It's a yeah. lot to manage, but at the same time, um, you know, I think when you love something so much, you forget about the difficulties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I think in, in every point in our life when we're trying to do something, yeah. there's yeah. always somebody in the back of our mind saying. Is it time to quit now? Yeah. Are you going to stop now? Have you had enough? Like this, you know? But if you love something so much, like, you don't hear that. Mm-hmm. But you love Taekwondo and you love teaching. You don't love accounting. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Okay? And so, uh, but you, and so often when there's this lack of love for it, let's just yeah. say, you kind of like, like, I'll get to I, it or I don't want to do it. I remember having this conversation with my dad. He's a master carpenter. Okay. And yes. so that's an art form, yes. right? Like, he, he, you give him a piece of wood, he'll figure out. <laughs> like yes. he, wow. He's got it yeah. done. But then, you know, when my parents separated, my mom handled the books. She was the bookkeeper and handled the whole business side of it. So then when they nice. separated, he had to learn to do all of this. And that's something that he had to really reconcile with yeah. because reconcile this was his, <laughs> his passion, right? And then... Um, the, all these things that he never did and was not passionate about. And I remember him sitting there with all the paperwork everywhere one day and he was just, he was going to get in it. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to change my relationship to it. He's like, the invoicing is now the best part of my job because it means I'm doing more and more and more of what I love. love And I'm like, okay, that's that's a good way to shift because he was, he had piles of stuff and he was so behind. He's like, that's it. I'm changing it today because... This is a good part of it. It's not my best part of it, but it just shows I'm doing what I love more, right? So, so you just attached it yeah, to it. Yeah, you just have to. For me, it wasn't, um, I just didn't feel like um, I was 100% focused on the business. Yeah. And I feel like, um, you know, obviously I had somebody at the front desk helping me out. That was a huge help to be able to collect the monthly fees right. and things like that where I could just focus on the class. And so even just the parent sides, I, up to this day, I still have difficulty asking people for their membership fees because yeah. it's, it's just, it's, so your passion. Out of, it's in my passion. I, you know, I can't really put a value on it, you know, but yeah. at the same time, it's, it's not like a good business practice. It's not no, a good practice. You have rent <laughs> it's, really, have an it's a really bad you know, business yeah. practice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but you right. know what? On the flip side of it, um, 
people have really this 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 pandemic i've had so many phone calls from parents saying we're not coming but keep charging us it like it really like blows my mind like no i'm not charging you i this is still a business we're not a charity so yeah. i appreciate your offer it but really just means just a lot to me that's a family connection it is a family connection yeah. and so you know it's not a business you know it is a business but it's not really a business you know yeah. it's a passion but it's so there's a lot there's a lot you know i don't want to muddy the waters yeah. uh but at the same time it is it is something i enjoy doing mm-hmm. and i think people see it and so we've been able to survive for the amount of time that we have mm-hmm. and obviously i don't have the business you know i i i understand how to you know try to make things work You know, I see that I have bills to pay. I see that I have a bunch of students that need my attention. So I I try to balance it out. Uh obviously the business could have grown a lot more. There's there's people that have been in business way shorter than I have that have been a lot more successful in terms of like the number of students or the number of locations that they've had. Um but my priority has always been the quality of my yes. students <laughs> and my 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 focus has been to try and like share that love and that passion that I have mm-hmm. with as many people as possible. And so if if I can get more people to to share that with great, if not whoever's there, I'll That's make perfect. sure that I give yeah. them the best. Yeah. Sounds like very fairy taleish, right? Mm-hmm. All happy days? Mm-hmm. Or were I mean, you're just you, looking for the story. No, I know. I know actually something did happen. Something oh, okay. something very big in, okay. in in his discovery of the school itself. You see he talked about coming to a family environment right and then mm-hmm. he built up this very high performance high successful competitive players right athletes mm-hmm. then something happened like you have this fairy tale you're living it the light is on and it's bright and then what happened <laughs> um are you okay to talk about yeah, this absolutely. Okay, okay. like I, this is at the school itself yeah. right okay well i got Before, i'm not talking about the family i'm talking about like at the school there was a really there was something that happened and there was a huge discovery out of it if you're okay to share well um i think the main thing that happened was that um obviously i i had my own family yeah um yeah. and so my own family um you know when you're a high performance coach you're traveling every month yeah. uh you know going to different places but you know when you have a wife and a child on the way uh they need a lot more uh give you time and and, sure. and things like that Um so at that point I was like okay I can't really be a high performance coach uh I have to be a high performance dad. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know? I like that. So yeah. I have there, to make sure that I'm there. there any other way? Yeah. So yeah. I want to make sure that I'm there for my for my son and and spend as much time as I can with my with my family. Um and so not being able to travel was obviously affecting these high performance athletes. So I told them I said, you know what, this is the school that I come from. They're still very high performance. you guys should go there but some people were already kind of like deciding that they were going to go on their own anyway uh because they saw that I wasn't really as 100% focused on them because I was going through that you transition. had another job for lack of a better word added to yeah. your repertoire right? yeah so from a club perspective we have these high performance athletes who are like demigods walking mm-hmm. around in the club and they are like you know we see them training and we're like oh wow that's so and so and that's so and so and they walk around we're like that's so and so you see their pictures on the wall and uh now they're not there mm-hmm. and as as students in the in the in the club we notice these things mm-hmm. and we're like i wonder why and i wonder what's going on or 
their energy is no longer there because when they train, they move different. Yeah. You could oh, you could hear them. We'd be in a different class. They're in a different class, and uh, you hear them, and you're like, oh, that's so and so. That you can tell who's there. But then when they're not, like we feed off of that. Yeah, energy. that energy. And that inspiring. must have been a concern that now they're not here. Now what? And it's like almost like not a crisis, but it is actually because it's uh, a big piece of the puzzle. It's a, their core energy to that group. Their instructors, their leaders, their mentors, and now they're not there. Yeah, um, and there's sure. this big void now. For sure, I, I think it was a huge transition point for our club at that point. Um, you know that that intensity, those those hitting the pads as hard as you can. Uh, you know, yeah. inspiring the next generation. Yeah. Of students through those yeah. classes wasn't really there, mm. but the instructors, you know, everybody else was still there, and so mm. you know, the the blueprint to developing the next generation right. was still there. Um, so you know, people had a choice; they could follow the people that were leaving, or they could stay. And definitely, some people left, but I think majority of people stayed, and I think those who have stayed have been with us. Yeah. So that's why I stayed too, because the blueprint was. See how he says yeah. the blueprint is still there, and I love that. That really needs to come out because he yeah. never looked at it as, oh, oh God, uh, yeah, it's falling apart. The, yeah. My clients are leaving. It's well, wait a second. The instructors are still yeah. there. The blueprint is still. But that's part of the there. journey too, that. right? Their journey is taking them somewhere else. And you didn't where... get all anxious about it. Yeah, like, it's hard to it's hard to say that you know you you have to give them because. Yeah. You know, Taekwondo, it's like you develop, it's a problem, but it, because you develop people from infancy all the way to their Olympic dreams. Right. It's not like the NHL or NBA where, you know, you, you go to college and then you get re- drafted to an you're NBA. With the, you're with, yeah, yeah, you're with the same person. It's like the whole a lot time. of emotional investment. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like, you know, if you do go to somebody else, it's a form of betrayal. But yeah, I think and that's the word I had in my head. That's it what is. I was thinking. And so, yeah. you know, but at the same time, it's like. How did you deal with that? I, I it's was a real a, feeling. It was a real feeling. So obviously, at first when it happened, I was like, okay, well, you know, I think you could have done it at a, at a, in a better way. Oh. You know, maybe sit with me, talk to me, you know, tell me my right. shortcomings yeah. so that I can We can work you. on we this. We can work on yeah. this. But, you know. I, at the same time, I, I knew that I wasn't, so, you know, my, uh, one, one specific time, um, <clears throat> my, my wife is pregnant and I'm going to a tournament mm-hmm. in like Montreal or, or you know, Calgary or something, I can't remember. But, um, you know, I had told my wife that if you need anything, call me anytime. Like I'm, I'm, I'm a phone call away. Like I know I'm far away, but if you need something, call me. So, um, you know, they were, I'm, I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to coaching. Like I, I'm, I'm very disciplined. Like I, I put my students, my athletes as a priority. So their needs come first. But obviously, if my wife is needs, yeah. I have to pick up that phone call. So you know, some parents uh, at that time were like, "Well, you know, you're kind of like walking towards the arena, but you're on your phone." <laughs> so that's a huge no-no to me. Yeah. And I understand and I respect that. Yeah. But at the same time, if it's my wife and she needs me, yeah. I'm not going to be like, "I can't talk to you right yeah. now." So right. You know, if it's something important, urgent, I want to hear it. If it's not, okay, I will call you back. Yeah. yeah. But for them to say that, I was like, okay, you know what? Um, yeah. I'm sorry, this is not the place for you. Yeah. Because obviously, you know, I know myself. You know, yeah. I'm not, I don't take your journey for granted. Be like, okay, you're with me, so you. Be, I can do whatever I yeah. want now. But they thought that I was kind of like taking it for granted. So I was no. like, okay, yeah. that's fine. Um, so then, you know, the, the, the way cleared. And then I guess it's like, um, 
it's like a rebuilding rebuild. and rebranding rebuild. and like redefining yourself. Like, who are you now as a, uh, you know, you're not a high performance coach anymore, but who are you? So I think this is where we go yeah. back into that teaching the high performance lessons to the people that just want to do it for right. exercise and applying those lessons to their day to day life. So, you know, talking to them about discipline, talking to them about respecting your mm -hmm. opponent, you know, talking to them about respecting your teachers, you know, your adversaries, whoever it is, understand and then just work together. And then you will have wins and losses in your life, even though you're not doing high performance, mm -hmm. you know, appreciate the failures, take the lessons from them, don't make it the quitting moment, keep moving and learning from it and, and applying those lessons. And so, you know, um, little things like, you know, as athletes before a match, we're visualizing ourselves mm -hmm. way in advance, a, a month before, you know, I'm visualizing myself at my absolute best. Well, we can take those tools and use it to the day-to-day -day average person's yeah. life as well. Passing visualize, Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. You have a job interview. Yeah. Visualize yourself sitting in front in the interview and then talking about the things you want to talk about. So mm -hmm. these are the things that we we take those lessons. We're not really developing high-performance athletes at that level of international anymore, but we can still use those lessons. So yeah. to get that excitement in people, like, hey, you want to make your kicks and punches better, you have to train at a certain intensity. Mm -hmm. You have to train with a certain intent to improve. You know, the concept of, like, perfect, you know, practice makes perfect. Now it's like, perfect practice makes perfect. Mm -hmm. So you have to train a certain way to get the results that you want. Yeah. So you see, see why I call them influential. I love like it. For the last, I love it. Because it's not just Taekwondo. And yeah. I and just, if it wasn't for that, like, it's not just me, my family, kids, mm -hmm. everybody. Um, it's not just like applicable there at Taekwondo. Yeah. So you, now you've rebuilt, you've redefined. And then in 2020. <laughs> COVID ends. And I, I, I'm not going to do the, the COVID discussion, but. It's it's interesting because who saw that coming? But it impacts business, right? 100%. It's an experience everyone went through. One hundred percent, and you know, safety, health of other people, and all that kind of stuff. Fine, but now everything that you have built and rebuilt now, it's like closed down. And and I say this because it's been two years, mm -hmm. and there are martial arts clubs that have been around, and not you won't just hear about clubs, but all kinds of businesses that have been around for 10, 15 years. That I'm not that have not paused, but are out of business. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. they're not coming back. No, no. And in this industry, it's hands on. You're holding a person's leg like yeah, this. Yeah. There's contact. There's proximity. Um, it, you know, some people like say, like you know how with lawyers, it's like uh, you fax it. Can you email it? No. This is how it's done, or it's couriered. This is how yeah. Taekwondo martial arts is taught. It's not taught any other way but online, in person. Yes. It's not taught online. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> what happens? Like everybody, it's one day, it's like at a peak, and he, you did rebuild it. It came strong. And then the next day, it goes from 100 to like zero. It can't. So it's, what uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting how things happen. I think maybe um, sometime in January of 2020, I was in a marketing meeting on Zoom, on a Zoom call, my first time ever being on Zoom. I didn't even know what Zoom was. They right. sent me a link. I went on Zoom and I see all these little windows. And so, um, by March of, uh, by March, we're kind of, you know, the number of participants is dwindling. People are not really in interested in coming and training in person because of this virus. And so, you know, in a class of like 20, 30 people, now there's like four or five people in a class. So I knew that something was going to happen, like something 
obviously something, you know, I think at that, t- at that time they weren't really calling it a pandemic. Um, so I was like, okay, guys, we're going to um, go right off of off classes. And I, you know, I think we were one of the first clubs to go online. So I sent the link to everybody. I created a Zoom, my own Zoom account. I bought the membership. And mm-hmm. then I said, here's the account. Let everybody, let's go on Zoom and we're going to train. And obviously the first one was a disaster because everybody's yeah. unmuted and we're trying oh. to train. We're like, and <laughs> no one can happens. hear me. Oh, yeah. So it, there's a lot going on, but we learned from that. So we yeah. like, okay, that was a great session, guys. Thank you so much for being here and giving me this opportunity to be on Zoom. But then we got better. We learned to mute people. We learned to add music. Yeah. And so what happened was that I think what a lot of what frustrated a lot of instructors, a lot of Taekwondo teachers is expectations. You expect a certain training environment when you're at the studio. And then you, you cannot expect that same environment type of training when you're online right because the child or the student who is like five six ten years old is in the comfort of their own home they're kings and queens of their own castles so for you to be like proper right from the beginning at home you're kind of like frustrating yourself yes on when they come to the studio they're very proper Mm. but at home you have to give a little bit of leeway mm-hmm. when they get tired they are going to go and and sit on the couch yeah they are going to go off the screen and maybe get distracted by something else so it's okay but allow that development of discipline and focus in a different way in a different way over time on zoom as well and to be honest with you now we're in 2022 and two years <laughs> later it's like an orchestra yes Things are moving so in sync that it blows my mind. Wow. People with different internet connection and different angles, but they're all moving in sync. And it's, it's a real joy to watch. Nice. But it's just being able to understand those expectations very early on yeah. helped maintain my sanity. <laughs> and I think a lot of people shut down as soon as they were able was to shut down. Was there a concern about your sanity at some point? Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. There you, was a concern. Well, because it is. It's such a Even visceral <laughs> thing, right? It's such a right. visceral experience to be an athlete like that, to to transfer it online with with no formula of how to do it. It's, it's a pretty phenomenal thing. But I think just having the space is just the beginning of it, right? Just having the space and the people show up to the space, that's half the battle, right? And so it's yeah. just, from a school point of view, it's also a business yeah. So they're both kind of like fighting yeah. it right now because it's students saying or parents saying or even instructors saying it can't be done this way. Like there's not even a buy-in. There's mm-hmm. not even a, let's try. It's, we, it sure. can't be done this way. Then there's the business end, which is like you got to make, you know, you got to make rent or whatever. Uh, you got to put food on the table, you know. In, so in March is when they declared it the pandemic. Mm. In April of 2020, we lost close to 80% of our business. Yep. Wow. Yeah. We we were just we were just left with with just a handful of students and we were we were just what what are we gonna do, and so at that moment I I said to myself and I was like okay well these people still rely on me to provide something so I'm gonna give them everything I have mm. and in and we I created can... classes seven days a week so we were training yeah. classes six days a week because we're in a lockdown yeah. nobody's going out nobody's doing anything so I was like okay we gotta provide something for these people on a daily basis to keep them engaged to keep them focus to keep them exercising yeah. from a business point of view that's brilliant but he's yeah but i, I see from the passion point from of the passion view point, yeah, they both aligned. Passion, yeah but the passion leads but from a yeah. business yeah and for me it was just about serving my community exactly. what can i do to make sure that they're getting the best 
And so at that point, by April, uh, you know, we had lost a lot. But by May, people started to realize we're not going anywhere. Mm. We're still in lockdown. This is not over. So people start to trickle. And then the people that were with us at that time and they saw our commitment and the staff and the school's commitment to them, we got a lot of referrals. People started mm. to refer their, their colleagues. Because like, hey, everyone's from anywhere. anywhere. They can do it from anywhere. You don't have an excuse not to be yeah, active. Yeah, it's right? internet. So, yeah. you know, now we have students from Alberta. We had students in Nova That's Scotia. Crazy. We have students That's amazing. In, it is. And these are places, like I know I'm from East Coast, and some there's not a lot of opportunity lot of there. Things, yeah. But now you can train with, like, you know, whoever you want yeah. from anywhere. So you don't have an excuse not to just sit at home and just watch TV. You can still be active and work with high-level coaches and instructors yeah. from anywhere. So uh, we, we we did much better in May. And then June, we were starting to be allowed to open again because we were considered an Olympic sport, which was another uh, thing. Gyms couldn't open until August, but Olympic sports For Olympic sport training could, could open. Huh. Uh, even though we were a recreational facility, obviously. Yeah. Right. But because we were considered Olympic sport, we were managed by the Ministry of Sport and Tourism. They gave us direct guidelines to go ahead and open. Whereas Good Life Fitness... They are under, under a different umbrella. Different umbrella. And they were frustrated. Like, why can they do it? But they couldn't. Right. Um, so anyway, obviously the cases went down quite a bit in the summertime. But then September it hit again. So we were yes. always going on and off. But the good thing Did is... Did you keep the online going at a certain thing straight through? Well, because I guess you'd have different again, kids across. another brilliant decision. Yeah. We never I stopped online. Not. Yeah. Because if just, you have kids all over the, the country, yeah. So I think about this on a regular basis. And it's like... If the pandemic hadn't occurred, mm -hmm. who would be training online? Like, it just seems silly. You can just walk into a studio and do it. But because the pandemic happened and nobody had a, had a choice, everybody's training online. At-home training is like the thing right now. Yeah. You know, it's become such a normal thing. Yeah. Whereas before you used to watch a screen and follow, it kind of seemed silly. But now it's like, oh, my son is, do. and we got a kickboxing thingy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. moved all the furniture yeah. out. Yeah. Like, there's like just a room for him to a do that now. A lot of people have done that. They've, yeah. tr they've changed a part of their house into like a training facility. Mm -hmm. So um, Authentic Taekwondo now has many branches. Yeah. <laughs> like but I love a, that. Yeah. I love the accessibility. So, so, I love so, that like, it's you're something. Like, it's accessible to kids yeah. that wouldn't have normally had access to, to that. Yeah. yeah, that's really nice. And there's a, there, there is an interview with Steve Jobs about your love for what you do. Mm. Because when you're running a business, there's a lot of times where you, know, you have an opportunity to quit or you stop mm -hmm. because of the heartaches and the hurdles and the different challenges that you face. But if you, if you don't love it, it's easy to quit. Yeah. But if you love it... Yes. You'll bear through you, you the, bear through the, the, the pain hard. and the hard times. Yeah. And obviously this, you know, the pandemic has proven to be very hard on a lot of us. Mm -hmm. And even the ones who are incredibly positive throughout the entire time, there's a point in the two the years the, yeah, that you're like, you know what, I think I've had enough. Yeah. But my philosophy and my thinking is like if you're doing it in the service of others it just makes the journey a lot easier yeah. because you see the the joy and and happiness in somebody else and that is yeah. contagious yeah so when you see when i see you know when i log into my computer and i'm when i see you know 30 40 different families that have logged in mm -hmm. and they're excited to see a class whether what kind of day I'm having is out the window. Mm -hmm. Now I'm excited because now I, I can I got these little people I here. can continue to share what I've been sharing with yeah. them for the past, you know, 
two yeah. years, if not even longer. In my social work department, we have this award called the Starfish Award. And, um, you know, often in my profession, and, and it lines with what you're sharing there, is the... This, the the intensity of the things we're navigating is so so uphill and so heavy. It just feels like you're really never accomplishing anything. You're just spinning wheels in the mud and not getting anywhere. And so the concept of the the starfish award is is the story of the starfish is a little boy on the beach and he's throwing starfishes into the ocean and you know an adult comes by and is like, what are you doing? Like there's so many of them. You're not. You're not going to save them all. There's so many starfishes. And he just looks at them and he goes down and he picks up another one and he throws it and he's like, well, I helped that one. And so that's the kind of the mentality is like when you go down is you just – and you're in the darkest part. You have to remember like, okay, well, I'm going to keep being in service to people because I'm going to do whatever I can even when it's so dark. I don't know if it's going to have any impact, right? So – that's what I love about your story. Absolutely. I love that part of it. And so we've, you know, we, we've, we've branched out into different areas. Yeah. You know, whoever that needs our help, we want to be there. And so we, a lot of the things that we were doing before the pandemic, we've even changed that. We want to make sure that people like are comfortable. So, for example, <clears throat> we had contracts with people where, you know, you have to sign a one-year contract mm. to do Taekwondo. There's no contracts anymore. You like it, great. You don't like it, that's fine. Mm. You're having a hard time. You lost your job, no problem. We'll you can go. Yeah, we'll figure it out. You can, you can, you can quit, and you don't have to pay your membership, or you can. You know what? You can continue, and then when you're ready to get back into it, mm-hmm. you can get back. And I've and I've talked to parents. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that lost their jobs, and you know, it's it's hard for them to see. But I say. Yeah. Fine, that's affecting you as a parent, but don't let it affect your child. Mm-hmm. Right. So if your child is happy and they're enjoying the Taekwondo mm-hmm. classes, let and them I've keep seen going. energy exchanges come out a lot more through this, where the parents have lost their jobs, but they're like, "Well, I, you know, I'm an electrician, or I'm this, or I'm that, or whatever their skill, whatever it is they have to barter with." They're like, "I can help you out this way." And so I've seen that evolve. I don't know if you've experienced that to at be, all. You know what? Some of the parents, one in particular, had lost his job. When he came back, he enrolled his other child too. He's like, "Okay, just yeah, to- please continue charging my charge my card now." And here's here's my other. And then they go on and refer their other friends <laughs> right. because they believe in what you do. Yeah. Um, but you know what? To be honest, the barter thing even happens when they're paying their membership. They're uh, like, you yeah. know what? Let me know what I can do. Yeah. You know, so they're like fixing things around the club. Yeah. You know, I'm not very handy, but we got a lot of people. But that's such a great thing. Yeah. yeah. Like such a handy thing to have people to do those things. For, yeah. sure. For sure. So it's interesting. Uh, you've, uh, you, you didn't go to business school. Um, and you, you're today running a to me like a world-class business in terms of the kind of culture you've been able to create by leading with your with your passion and i think that's probably the the biggest thing that i get out of watching how you've done it and as much as there are you know steps in business like have the business plan and mm. all of these things you just went you went for it and you went for it with like your heart and not only that at every moment along your path in 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 the business or in running the business uh, when you were met with a challenge, you didn't you didn't just refer to like the mechanical things to do. You just thought about okay, well, same thing when you had to redefine when it was time to let those high performance athletes go, and you just kept going with how can I service? How can I service? How can I serve? How can I serve? Where does that come from? I just feel like it. Um, Taekwondo has had such they a. They don't huge- teach this in school. <laughs> I just feel like it has influenced me so much, and I feel like I think that same 
I think it can, it's changed my life so much that I feel like it can change a lot of other people's lives as a result of it as well. Um, you know, the people that helped me in the beginning days of my competition days, they didn't have to do it. Um, I didn't have money, you know. There was there was times when I couldn't pay my membership, but people were very kind to me. And so, um, you know, it's just, it's just paying it forward. Um, mm-hmm. I really believe in that. I, I think if... I think if you help someone, you know, whether they help you back or not, that's fine. Right. But I am confident, 100% confident that they will go and help somebody yeah. else. It's like a ripple effect. It is. It is. Um, you know, obviously, we just had a storm. And so, you know, the idea of like, you see somebody getting stuck on the side of the road and getting out of your comfortable car and helping mm-hmm. somebody else, it's so far-fetched. I don't think a lot of people do it. But you know what? Other people have done that for me. Yes. And so during this snowstorm honestly as 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 weird as it may be but it's not really weird mm-hmm. to get out and help push somebody's sure. car for like five minutes yeah. rather than get him allowing them to be stuck for hours yeah. yeah it's just an easy thing to do yeah. but because somebody has done it for me it's easy for yeah. me to do it for somebody else mm. um and i think because well, you can see the need then differently right yeah and, and it's yeah. just they've opened the gateway for giving mm-hmm. you know and i think that's important and i think if, if we give over ourselves more without expectations yeah we i get think more, more people will get yeah we get more but you also yeah. teaching others to give of themselves as well yeah. without expectations and that's a beautiful thing to have in a, in a, in a community yeah big time I, I wish more businesses we thought about things exactly this way uh, and I think they're actually starting to change how they teach is. it. Yeah. Um, before, it, like, what do you mean pay it forward? What do you mean give? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's profit margin. <laughs> That's it. But now there's so much more to it. And uh, I, I love the thought leadership that comes from people like yourself. Uh, and I think that's where we need to get our thought leadership from, not just from the sense of, you know, how to make more money, but mm-hmm. how to lead with the right purpose in mind and how to keep that a constant focus in every aspect of our decision making mm-hmm. in running the business. So thank you so much like for coming today, um, for sharing your, your entire story. Uh, it's been, it, it's been a, uh, it's been a, a, quite the task to ask you to do, mm-hmm. you know, you've had to come spend all this time, uh, share all those details. Uh, some of them very, very like uncomfortable in some ways that you've had to go through that you've had to share that vulnerability from the time Uh, a a kid from Afghanistan coming to Canada and you said something really interesting to me earlier on about how you know when you first arrive you remember that part of that shoe story remember that shoe story where you thought like your shoe was like something and then somebody looks at you and like that's you know and from that part material (laughs) I love that part but the fact that you were and you you know that's the crazy thing about that what drives you too because you were saying what did you say as a kid who was undervalued or something to be able to then now give to people as a as a person who not only didn't have anything to give but was in need mm-hmm. or sub? What? How did you say it? Just that got me. Um, you know, <laughs> I, as a, it? as an immigrant, I you know obviously when when I first came uh, to Canada, I was I, I I wasn't needed for anything. You know, I yes. was almost yeah. useless. Yes. You know what I mean? But now to be able to provide, to be useful for something, <laughs> it feels good for people to be like, thank you so much for offering this. This is really needed. Yeah. Um I it feels good to be to be able to contribute, to be wanted, to be mm-hmm. needed for something, to be able to make a difference. Um you know, especially 
to be able to compare those two, right? To be able to compare where like, you know, here I am, guys, like, what can I do? And never is like, well, I don't want you because you're, you're kind of useless. Mm-hmm. But, you know, to be now to be able to offer things to be put on the table and people be like, yes, I want that. I need that. Thank you so much. It has a nice feeling uh, uh, as well. And, you know, the other thing is that I've also thought about as well is like, you know, obviously I am from Afghanistan and I, the situation there right now is pretty dire. It's pretty bad. Yeah. You know, people are... Uh, dying of starvation, they don't really have any opportunities, and obviously, you know, the situation here is not that great either. But it's a still luxurious yeah. compared to where where we come from. So to be able to find the balance in between those two places and find your own happy place, and in, in despite all those things, it, it's you know, uh, I think it's um, I think it's a uh, it, it's a gift that 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 I, I I cherish. You know, to be able to compare those two, to be like. I could have been there. Perspective, yeah. Yeah, well, you were and, you know, there. Actually. I, yeah. I, will, I could you still be there, there. if yeah. my parents hadn't decided to come here. I, I right. would still be there. You know, you know, life. God knows where I'd be. So, if there's a refugee kid who comes here and looks at the future of how, you remember, like maybe you didn't see this way, but like, you know, from a refugee kid to look at what you're doing, um, the imp- would you, how improbable do you think that is, or how possible do you think that is? What would you say to them? I think anything is possible. possible. <laughs> yeah, I think anything is possible. You know, you just have to find something you love, and just go for it. You know, don't let things get in the way. Don't let anybody stand in your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, just do it, and and if you do it long enough, you'll get whatever you want. But the, you know, um, and that length is no one can define the time. But for as long as you have the will to do it, keep doing it. There was a lot of times in my life when people were like, you know what, why are you doing Taekwondo? Like, I quit after Yellow Belt. Like, you should quit too. And these are my friends. They're like very close friends of mine. But I was like, you know what? I I respect you. I really, you know, I love being around you, but I really love that environment. I really love learning these new techniques. I love being able to perform it and do all these things. So regardless of what anybody was saying, I, I was just kind of like in my own tunnel vision going towards the direction that I was going. And I think regardless of your situation, regardless of your you know, socioeconomic background or which country you're from, if you love something, keep going. I think love is a really strong, mm-hmm. strong emotion to, to just throw away. Thank you. That was amazing. I got to say, like, you could do anything, right? You could go play, you play basketball. You could do kickboxing. You could do so many things. Uh, so just to get people to get to get out there, and I think they we all really need it. Like I tell you, I need it so badly, mm-hmm. you know. And if I didn't have this club, I was gonna tell them like, you know, like if I go and give a Google review, you can be like, I, I've done the Google review, like great for my family, but I can actually go back and change that to like save my life. Yeah, <laughs> like literally save my life, like you know. Yeah. And, and my family. I am not insane life. because of this club. Yeah. Uh, like, th- that it's not an understatement. I, it's exactly I know. how I feel. I can so uh, so it's great to see it happen, and and uh, I, I just. I'm thinking about, I have thought, I probably might have told you, it's like, you know, sometimes so frustrated with how things are that I'm like, I'm leaving Canada. Mm-hmm. I'm not the only one who's ever said no, this. No, I've had many friends that have done it. And you know what I think about? I go, where will I train? <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I've said that out loud. I go, I know where I would work. I can work from anywhere. Yeah. Uh, I could play golf anywhere. Where will where I am train? I, where am I going to train? I'm like, oh. I'm going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually anchoring me to stay like in, in a way that I would otherwise have just walked out. And my family members have told me, 
come on, you'll find somewhere to train. You'll find people to train with. And I'm like, sure I will. Yeah. But this. That's not the problem. Yeah. I've looked around. But anyway, so thank you so much for that. And uh, I look, look forward to just having more of those kind of experiences with you. My pleasure.